God is so good. I love it. I love it. Amen, 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 amen. So be it. So be it. So be it. Yeah. Yeah. As he said, so shall it be. As he said, so shall it be. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. I'm doing better. I don't have a whole lot of papers (laughs) like I usually do. Everyone's like, yeah, uh uh-huh, sure. Oh, thank you, Father. Are we hungry tonight? Thank you, Father. Mm. You love us, not to leave us the same. We do come hungry and thirsty before you, Father. The great need in us cries out to the great supply in you. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. I do have a prop. <laughs> it's a big one. Just, do you think we can maybe lean it against that thing, put it in the middle? It's heavy. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, Father Time. Right there. I'm going to start with Acts. I want to read the, um, a passage that Pastor read. Can y'all see that? Woohoo! Okay. Um, in Acts three, Pastor ended his sermon this past Sunday with the scripture. We used, we were in the scripture, um, and it starts with verse twenty-four. It says, "Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel." And those who came afterwards, as many as have spoken also, promised and foretold and proclaimed these days. Say these days. These days. It's talking about a time, right? This time, these days. You are the descendants, sons of the prophets, and the heirs of the covenant which God made and gave to your forefathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed heir shall all the families of the earth be blessed and benefited. I'm, I'm one of those. Verse 26. It was to you first that God sent his servant and son, Jesus, when he raised him up, provided and gave him for us to bless. And if you were listening on Sunday, bless means what? Kneel. To bless you in turning every one of you from your wicked and evil ways so that you can. He blessed us so that we can. We can't do it on our own. So he blessed us so that we can turn away from our evil ways or turn away from our weaknesses. And um, tonight we're going to talk about time. I told Justin, I said that was, I heard that word last week. And it's really interesting studying time in the Bible because how many of y'all know God's time is not like our time? He does not have one of those in heaven. <laughs> you will not find one of those. It's just, it's just not there. Time is not um, like of importance to him. It's like it's, it's going to happen when it's going to happen, right? Amen. It's interesting to me, though. I told him, I said, I was, I was looking at different things about when um, the calendar started and how hours and times and all of that happened. And y'all know the scripture, this is the day the Lord has made. We used to sing it all the time when I was little. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I used to think, 
just today, but he makes every day, right? But you know, if you look at that verse, and I did when I was younger, it doesn't mean just this day as we know it, but it means this season or this time period. And what it's actually talking about is this day that Jesus has now come because it was prophesying Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. It's Jesus, his work on the cross. It's talking about that. It's ta- Anytime you see time or, or an hour in the Bible, it's a season or a, um, not like we understand it, right? Now, we had some amazing teachers these last Wednesdays. We've had some amazing teaching on living extraordinary lives, living uncommon lives. God has called us to extraordinary living. How many of y'all know that? To be epistles of his love and his goodness. And we learned from this past Sunday that is living under the blessing or living as a result of his face shining on us. Wasn't that good? If y'all haven't heard Sunday's message, you need to listen to it again. I was listening to it again today. Um, I told Justin I can't stop listening to his voice. I listen to his voice and then he'll call and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just heard you. <laughs> You're talking in my car and I'm listening to you on the phone. But um, yeah, <laughs> but we are to reflect him in all that we do. And we're living testaments, the Bible says, right? We're to be living testaments of what? Of the blessing or his face shining on us. Now, how many of y'all know when others hear us grumble and complain about everything that's going on around us, that that tells them more about who we're trusting in, right? And relying on. See, because we can't say with our mouth that God is good and then complain about how bad our life is. Um, If he's good, then other people will say, well, then why isn't he good to you? Or if he's powerful, then why are you living defeated? Do you believe who he says he is? And do you believe what he says that you are and what's yours in him? Um, I've come to understand that a lot of people like to use the word faith. You know, I have faith, I believe. But faith outside of this, the word of God, Jesus, is not faith. And you'll know that because... It's unfruitful. You can tell by your life of what's happening or what's not happening. Now, one of the things I've I've come to understand is it seems like as we get older, time seems to go by faster. Is that right? It's like, whoa, where did the year go? Whoa, they're already grown. They're already graduating. Time just seems to go by really fast. But it's interesting that the one thing that I know that stops... um, Christians sometimes from growing or continuing with God is because of the time factor, right? They think, well, this stuff just doesn't seem to be working. It's just not happening fast enough, right? We want faster. We want faster results. We want um, our faith to be seen like that. We want faster service, faster answers, faster relief, faster internet, faster outcomes. We want dry quickly. We want quick set. (laughs) We want toll roads. Then we want express toll roads, you know, faster trains, faster planes and automobiles, right? We seem to be in a hurry 
just to have to wait. Does that drive anybody else crazy when their people are passing you in there? And we end up at the same stoplight. It's like, really, really? You had to cut me off and here you are right here with me. We're all together now. I don't talk to the traffic. <laughs> you talk to the traffic. But usually it's like you hurry and hurry and hurry and then you end up having to wait. But there is one thing that God is in a hurry about. And that's about us waking up to what he wants to accomplish now. Now. Um, I want to read you the definition of awaken, to be awake, which is really, it is so interesting. It means, obviously, to stir up, to excite, to rouse oneself, to call, you know, wake up. Did your mom ever do that? It's time to get up. Wake up. To call, to get up, to move, galvanize. That means electrify. Isn't that wild? Like light a fire under you. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard your mom say, I need to light a fire under you because you're moving so slow? Or, you know, um, inspire, stimulate, shock or jolt. Will that wake you up? If you're shocked or jolted, (laughs) startle, stir, spur. I like that one, spur. Um, to prod, to urge, to motivate, to impel. And God is wanting us to wake, to awaken. And it's really interesting to me. Um, did your mom ever do this to you? Like you're in your nice cozy bed and it's nice and dark and she turns on the light. Doesn't the light wake you up? I don't know about you, but the light wakes me up. Like when, you know, the sun's coming up, you're like, oh, it's time to get up, light. So... And I love that Jesus is our light. The word is light. The Bible talks about that the entrance or the unfolding of God's word brings light. So it's, do you, are, are we hearing the same thing? It's time to awaken to what he's doing, what he's calling us to. I didn't bring an alarm clock. I've done that before when I've spoken about being awakened. And it's, it's annoying. I do know that. Um, a few months ago... We had, um, well, let me read this prophetic word to you, and then I'm going to get to, to um, another prophecy that, that came through, or a word of the Lord. Um, the prophetic word by Dr. Savell on April 11th, it says, a year of firsts, that's time, okay? A year of firsts, that's what you'll see. I'll make it happen. You can count on me. Things never seen nor heard before. Why do you think you've not seen it or you've not heard it? If you're asleep, do you see things? If you're asleep, can you hear things? Not usually. Okay. Things never seen nor heard before. I'm bringing them to pass. That's what's in store. Things that most will say could never be, just stay in faith and watch and see. For this is the time for an outpouring of my love. So get ready for more and more unusual things, says your father from above. People will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see. And you'll testify that they're happening to you because of your love for me. No longer think that what seems so impossible could never change. Oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. In fact, it's already been arranged. So rejoice in your God and boldly say, I'm headed for greater things and they're on their way. So it's time. It's time. It's time. Now, a few months ago... Um, in fact, on February 23rd, we were meeting 
um, the leadership team we were meeting, and um, the Spirit of the Lord just started to move in our meeting. And Pastor Diane gave this word from the Lord, and she said, It's time, it's time, it is time. You've stepped into my timetable. You stepped into my timetable to move into all that I have for you. You've stepped into my timetable that I release myself in a greater measure, a greater measure of my presence, a measure of the word of God. Pouring, how many of y'all know pouring is a measure? Pouring is a measure. Overflow, right? Have you ever seen, and I didn't bring it, but... If you ever seen a cup that's pouring over and pours into another cup, what does that cup do? It pours over and it pours into another cup. So an overflow or an abundance is not just for us, but it's for others, right? We know that. Now, it made we were it made us me think. We were talking about the awakening um, and the overflow. It's something that you receive, but it's also something that you do. I want us to go to 1 Kings um, 17, 9. And I know y'all know this story. Um, but talk about overflow. And I want, I want y'all to, to understand something about being awakened. Um, there's something really interesting about when you're awake is that have you has your mom ever said I need you to do this and you're like yeah okay I'm doing it I'm awake I'm awake get dressed okay I'm awake how does she know that you're awake if you finally get up and do it right so obedience is kind of like the measure, the way you figure out okay you're awake cuz you're doing what I told you to do come on you know they're almost like sleepwalking you kind of have to get them to go okay go brush your teeth and you know hopefully as they get older they can do that on their own okay now listen to this chapter 17 First Kings, verse nine. Um, <laughs> God, God tells um, Elijah, "Arise, let's wake up. Do what I'm telling you to do." Okay. Um, Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. I've brought order. I've a, there is someone that I have spoken to. She was awake, and I've given her order. I've given her an instruction. Do you know that that's what the word light means? Light is O-H-R in the Hebrew, and it means to bring order to chaos. Okay? So when a light gets turned on, you are awakened. Get ready, because God's about to give you an instruction. An instruction direction which will bring order he needed order apparently there was a need there right so he says i've commanded somebody else i have poured into i've talked to somebody and they're going to meet your need but watch what's going to happen to her so he arose and went to zarephath when he came to the gate of the city behold a widow was there gathering sticks he called to her he called to her bring me a little water in a vessel that i may drink And as she was going, which tells me she was awake because she's obeying, right, to go get it, he called again to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And 
she said, as the Lord your God lives, I've not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in the bottle. See, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and bake it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah says to her, fear not, go and do as I have, as you have said, but make me a little cake of it first and bring it to me. Okay, here's instruction. Here's instruction for her to meet her need. And afterward, prepare some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal shall not waste away or the bottle of oil fail until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. She did. She did, as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Isn't that good? God supplied God abundantly, overflow, supplied, okay? Now I want us to go to Romans 13, 11, And I'm going to read it in the Amplified, and then I'm going to read it in the Message. Romans 13, 11. It says, besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. How it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep. Roused to reality, Okay, for salvation, final deliverance is nearer to us now than when we first believed. It says the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Chaos is when you and no one else knows what to do or what's going on. This is me talking. It's not up there. How many of y'all know that? Chaos is what? It's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do, right? Okay, so he says, the night, the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Order, Jesus. Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in reveling, carousing, and drunkenness, not in immorality or debauchery, not in quarreling and jealousy, but clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify desires and lust. I don't know about your nature, but usually our nature is to what? Let me just go to sleep. How many of y'all, that's pretty much we're tempted to do, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read it in the Amplified It's so good. I'm not the amplified in the message. It says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. Doze off. Oblivious to God. Oblivious to God means that you're not aware or concerned about God. That's the, the definition. You're lacking remembrance. If you're oblivious, you don't remember. You have no memory or mindful attention about God. You're lacking active conscious knowledge. It's like if you knew something, then you do it. Otherwise, you're called, it's you're oblivious to it. You don't know. I mean, you can't say I know it and then not do anything about it. Because then obviously then you're not, you don't know. There's no leading of the Holy Spirit. Something's leading, but it's not him. You're fear-led, you're self-led, Satan-led, groping in the darkness there's many scriptures on groping in the darkness, being blind and unable to see. Let me, let's finish reading. It says, be up and awake, be up and awake, 
not oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours. These are daylight hours that we're living in right now. The outpouring and the abundance of revelation is huge. There is a revival happening. We cannot be asleep to what God is doing. We can't. We're hearing it. We keep hearing it. God keeps turning the light on. Going, hello, I'm bringing light to the chaos. And you're just dozing off, taking care of your own stuff. And dozing off, um, we can't afford to waste a minute and squander these daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation, which means wasteful. You're squandering for amusement. It says, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight, get out of bed and get dressed. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. It's that suit up and show up. I heard a lady say that this past week. She said, it's not me, it's God. I just suit up and show up. And you're there and you're like, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive your orders. I'm yours to command, like Brother Copeland says. I am yours to command. But you've got to get out of bed, and you've got to suit up and show up. Amen? That's what he's telling us. You know, when somebody's asleep, they're, another word for that would be blind or not able to see. Um, Mark 8.18, um, I know we read that this past Sunday where it says that you have ears, but you don't hear, and you have eyes, but you don't see. Um, in Job twelve twenty five, it talks about groping in darkness, and and there's no reason why we need to be groping in darkness. We are we have the light of God. We have the Word. We have Jesus. We have the, the face of of God is has is a is on us. Amen. And I know that there's things that we need to do. There's a move. There's a move of God that God wants to do. And I know that sometimes. And, and that may be new to some people. It's like, well, how do I, how do I get into the flow? How, I don't understand what's happening. What do you mean by revival? What do you mean? What is God doing? Well, one of the things is we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he is moving. It's not being just aware of, is somebody sitting on my seat on Sunday morning? Or I didn't get the front seat or I didn't get my side of the church. You know what I mean? Or somebody's in my parking spot. Or, you know, it's like getting ourselves off of our minds and, and, and being awake to what he wants to do, what he wants to do in the service. And I know a lot of times we, in our mind, when I, I know when I think of revival, there's times when I think of, um, I went to a Pentecostal church one time when I was a teenager. I would think I must have been like 12. And it was scary. I mean, I spoke in tongues and I, you know, I knew about the move of God as far as healings and stuff like that. But it was like, whoa, this is, this is really different. Okay. And so when some people think of the move of God or a revival, you have a connotation. You have a uh, something up here, you know, and then some people think like a move of God is somebody yelling or screaming or somebody, you know, and, and there's different things. Now God's going to move in different ways and, and there has to be a sensitivity. And obviously the leadership of the church and pastors is we're aware of when 
there's an anointing. Um, and what is God wanting to do? Is he wanting, is there healings that are going to take place? Deliverance is going to take place. Um, sometimes it's a, we're living in an age where people don't know how to be still and quiet. You know, usually if you go to, um, there's different churches that we've been to where um, it, quiet is uncomfortable to some people. They always have to have noise going. <laughs> anybody like that? Does anybody have to always have noise going? <laughs> and, and so there's a move of God sometimes and people don't know how to just be still. Just be still and let God work. We have an idea. We have an idea. Again, this is us just trying to do things our way rather than letting God move, right? Um, I know there were times where there would be moves in the church and there was like carpet time. How many of y'all know what carpet time means? And carpet time was like a long time. Sometimes you'd be on the floor for a while because you needed to be on the carpet for a while because God was doing something. But now we've kind of gotten into, I don't know, it's just like, um, we've got we've to get going. <laughs> so we kind of put God on a, our timetable. We got a clock. God, we, there's a clock here. Do you not see our clock? It's really big, and they're getting bigger and bigger, you know? Um, and it's ticking, and, and we've got things to do. Um, but I'm hungry for a move of God. And he's saying it's time to, it's time. We've heard it. It's time. It's a time for firsts. It's a time. It's time to allow him to move. Just move. We need you. We want you more than anything. More than anything, we want you because there's people that need to get saved. Number one, isn't that what it's all about? Bringing more people in? Isn't that what it's all about? It's not about our program or our timetable or our schedule, but it's about what God is wanting to do. And I know that uncommon people live and function out of God's time. We're awakened to what he is doing and joining him, joining him. Um, there's many scriptures on time. Romans 13, 11 says, do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Um, Ephesians five fourteen says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Christ is wanting to shine on us. Amen. Um, Isaiah 52, 1. Awake, awake, clothe yourselves in your strength. O Zion, clothe yourselves in your beautiful garments. In your beautiful garments. I am ready to receive overflow from him. Just more of him. Um, I want us to look at Psalm 17, 15. I'm going to read that one. It says, as for me, I shall behold your face. I love it. David says, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. That word satisfied means no lack. No lack. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. But I have to awaken. I have to awaken to what he's wanting to do in my life. I have to be up and ready to receive instruction, just like the, the widow woman did, right? That's what awaken means. Um, obedience is the only sure measure of successful listening. Now, when you're asleep, which is um, the opposite of being awake, 
in the Hebrew, that is yashen or lishan, not hearing, not obeying, being sleepy. It's lying down, not moving. It means, if you're asleep, it means to be slack, languid, or stale. Nobody likes anything stale. I don't like stale. God doesn't like stale. God can't bring to you what he wants to bring to you if you're asleep. Asleep. Amen. But there's going to be obedience involved. If he turns on the light, guess what? He's about to tell you something. I know I've already said it, but I've got to say it again. He's about to tell you something. And obedience is the only sure measure of successful listening. That's how I know you're awake if you do what I just told you to do. I'm awake. Well, touch your nose. I'm awake. Well, then get out of the bed. (laughs) You know? Get out of the bed. Um, Genesis 28, 16. Then Jacob awoke. Genesis 28, 16. Listen. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did know. And I did not know it, he said. Isn't that wild? I did not know it. But he awoke. Revelation. I am re- he's, he is pouring out revelation. Revelation. New revelation. And that's, that is... And we've got to move. We've got to move like people that are awake. If you're not awake, you're, you're stale. You're, if you're asleep, you're not moving. Right? Those are easy. Easy, easy. Um, thank you, Father. Flowing in the Holy Spirit. There's, in John, 3, John 7, I want us to look at this. John 7, in verse 39, Jesus is is speaking here. And he said, well, let's look at 38 first. He said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, he says. Now look at verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, water is one of those symbols of the Holy Spirit. Y'all know that. So when we talk about, and I know we use all kinds of words that sometimes don't make sense to new believers, like we need to get into the flow. Well, what does that mean? Well, a river moves. How many of y'all know a river is moving? (laughs) It's always moving. If it's not moving, it's called a pool or a lake. (laughs) Okay, y'all know this? A river is always moving. So when God is trying to move, we have to yield to what we're doing and enter in, right? There is a, um, obviously there's an obedience. We have to get up and actually get into the river, right? We have to be awake. No one's going to roll you into the river, no, we're not doing that here. We're not going to just push you into the river, although we want to sometimes. But you will drown because if you're not awake, you will drown. So um, it's like, but we want, there's a, there's so many times, and I've heard Brother Hagen talk about this, about in services where there, he knew that something was supposed to happen. But there was unbelief, there was disobedience, there was, people just didn't want to enter in. 
And people left without their need being met. There, there could have been, there should have been salvations. There could have been and should have been healings, deliverances. There, but it just didn't happen. Oh, my gosh. That is like the worst thing. I don't want to be that way. I don't want this church to be that way. We need to be awake. And, and I know that we've come from a time of um, social distancing. And we've come from a time of, you know, uh, what do you call it when you stay at home for 10 days? Quarantining. We've come from, you know, and in, in being away and, and, and almost like there's a fear of, of reaching out, you know, and touching people or talking to people or hugging people. Um, and I know that that, that obviously was that that is continues to be a um, a trick or the mode of the enemy because there's there is a move of God happening in churches or in 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 the world. I mean, and we seem to only be stuck on just what's happening just around us. You know, that's still asleep. If you're asking me, that's still asleep. You're still just in your room and in your bed, and you're not aware of what God's trying to do, and He wants to bring it here. He wants to bring it here to us, to your family, to your neighborhood, to your work around you. But we have to be awake, awake, awake and ready to receive light or instruction and then obedience and then the overflow, Ooh, the abundance, the abundance and the overflow where like the, the little woman, nothing. I mean, she had an idea. She, she was thinking, I'm just going to die. Me and my son, we're just going to die. How many times have we have not actually heard that, but you can sense that out of people of despair and hopeless, hopeless. Am I the only one that hears that or sees that on people? It's like, just kind of like drones, like walking dead. Is that possible? Can we actually be walking dead, asleep? I mean, like that word dead in the Bible doesn't actually mean like dead, like dead, like you're buried dead. It, it means asleep, Right. It's asleep. Thank you, Father. So to get into the flow, just like a river, the Holy Spirit, we need to learn to flow with him. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the only way that's going to happen is out of your personal time with him. I mean, you're always going to hear that from up here. Always. It's your personal time in the word, personal time in the Holy, you know, um, praying in the Holy Spirit and, and, and praying. Communion, communion, fellowship with him, communion, fellowship, partnership with him, where and I talked about this with the women this past Saturday, where, you know, um, it's koinonia, it's fellowship, it's partnership. It's where I don't know where, where, you know, if, when we fellowship together and we kind of start to look like each other and act like each other and people are like, no, that's her. No, 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 that's, that's Pastor Nett. No, that's Deborah talking. No, well, she talks just like her. She's saying the same things. That's what happens when you fellowship with somebody, right? You begin to, it's, it's like intertwined. It's like, I can't even tell where one ends and the other one stops. And that's what he's wanting for the church in order to move and flow in the spirit with him when we're supposed to shout for joy when he's, he's moving that way or where we're supposed to receive his peace when he's moving that way, where we're supposed to receive his healing when he's saying, this is, that's the move, that's the move. Because it, it's, it's, it's a literal waking up and stepping in to this river. 
into this move that he's trying to do. And it is time. It is time. He wants us to receive. He He's ready to pour it on. In fact, it says it's already done. We just have to step into it. It says it's a year of first. This is the time for an outpouring of my love. And just like Pastor Diane, when, when we were praying and, and, and we heard it, it's time. It's time. You've stepped into my timetable. You've now, and basically it's like my, my river. You've stepped into my river, what I'm wanting to do now. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what was happening is we were talking about the Sunday before that. And there was a great move of God in that Sunday service. But it needs to happen more. God's wanting to do it more. People are going to come in here that have never been here before, and they're going to need to see a move of God, a real move of God, a real one, a real one, because not one that's manufactured, because I've been to those too, where it's like, is that really you, Lord? Is that you or is that them? Or is that, you know, and there's a discerning, you will know, you'll know, you'll know, you'll, you'll just know, you'll sense it. And then sometimes you just have to trust and know that the leadership will, um, manage that or or have discernment about that but i don't want to have y'all ever been in a river a shallow river where you get the rocks and you start to put rocks up and you make like a dam and then it goes really faster on one side and then well you know um a river can be blocked a river can be stopped it is possible to do that i mean just like brother hagan was talking about in his services how you know some unbelief or somebody going you know, cutting them off and telling them, nope, we're done. You got to go. Especially if you start talking about something that nobody's comfortable with. And it's like, oh, no, we don't want to get anybody upset. We don't want to do that. Or somebody, you know, you, you sense the move of God over here. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, no, no. Okay, it's time to go. Let's close it down. You know, we can't be uncomfortable with what God's wanting to do. Because it may not just be about you. In fact, probably won't be. There's somebody else that God's wanting to, to touch and minister to. And, you, and it's up to us to receive his overflow, receive his abundance, look into the face of God and receive that blessing, his, his, all of his fullness. Why? So that we can pour it onto somebody else and pour it onto somebody else and pour it onto somebody else, pour it onto somebody else. Whoo! Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Mm, God, you're so good. Um, let's see what else I've got in here. Without the move of the Holy Spirit, the church is lifeless and asleep. Instead of a, a moving river, we become irrelevant and stuck and stationary. Have you all ever seen what stationary water starts to smell like and look like? Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> it does. It does. And I don't want to block God. I don't want to b- block God and what he's wanting to do. Hallelujah. Um, so we do have a choice. We do have a choice to either stay the same or learn his ways. And, and um, we talked about that this Sunday as well as learning his ways. And, and as you spend time with him, you know he's a good God. You know he's a God that, that heals he doesn't bring sickness to teach. <laughs> I mean, that's silly. We know If we know God's character, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Hallelujah. God's at work. He's doing something. We get so connected and stuck on the natural, because that's what time reflects, is our natural. 
Time is a reflection. When we're stuck on this, it's talking about the flesh, basically. My timetable, what I want, what I need, or, or how I see it. Um, but when you spend time with him and you know his character, you know that he's a loving God, you know that he's a good God, then when that move happens, you can trust it. You can trust it. You can trust that something amazing is about to happen. I mean, it's been prophesied miracle after miracle. Miracle after miracle. Have y'all ever seen a miracle? Who's seen a miracle? I want to know. Like a miracle. Has God, whoop, almost everybody. And, and God's done a miracle in your life. Yeah. Do you know that there's people out there right now who's never seen a miracle? Like the next time you go out to eat, ask your waiter or waitress if they've ever seen a miracle. Or if they know what a miracle is. Or ask if you could pray with them or pray for them. Um, we heard, I can't remember where I heard this, but um, there was a gentleman who, um, he has a podcast and he was talking about how he prays, likes to pray with his waiters or waitresses or, you know, just say, is there something I can pray with you about? But there's a whole generation that don't even know what that word even means. He looked at him and said, pray? You want to pray for me? And he's like, He's like, yeah, you know, like talk to God. And he said, have you ever heard of God and Jesus? And he says, well, I've heard those words, but he didn't know what they meant. I was, I was shocked. I've sat on an airplane. This was years ago with a 10-year-old child, or she was 10 or 12. She's probably 12. And I started to minister to her, ask her if she went to church and ask her if she knew God. Never been to church before. This is in America. She'd never been to church before. She's like, I've, I've heard of God, but I don't, I don't know anything about it. I said, do you, do you have a Bible? She said, no. She says, we don't have a Bible. Have you ever heard of Jesus? No. She'd never even heard of Jesus. We have a work to do. And God says, it's time. He says, it's time. It's time. Step into my timetable. It's time. It's time for you to step into my abundance and step into my overflow because there's a work that I want to do. We don't need to make up a work or come up with a work or come up with a ministry or come up with something. How about let's just wake up to what he's doing and join him. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me. If you're ready to wake up. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you need to be prodded? Do you want, is that okay? Can the Holy Spirit do that? Can God turn on the light on you so that you can awaken? Then give him permission. Give him permission. Raise your hands and say, God, awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me to what you're doing and what you want to do. Awaken me. Turn on the light. I don't want to grope in the darkness. I don't want to keep doing things my way on my timetable. I want to be on your timetable. And if we pray this individually, then corporately as a church, we will do what God is calling us to do. And the move of God will be great. We will see miracles. Not only we will see, but the world will see. Others will see. Why does God want us to wake up? Because he wants to be made known in the earth.
through us? Why does he shine his face upon us so that he will be known? Why does he bless us so that he will be known so others will see? Because believe it or not, others are awake and looking around and going, God, where are you? And they're looking for us to be the light, to be the light, to be the overflow that they're needing in their life, to be the move, to bring it to them, to bring it to them and say, come in, jump in. The water is fine. Oh, Father, forgive us where we've missed you. Forgive us where we've, we've stayed asleep. Forgive us where we've nodded off oblivious to what you're doing. We've nodded off because we've been busy taking care of our own agendas. Oh, Father. I know it's time. I know I heard you. You said it's time. You said it's time. You're saying it's time. The time is now. And I need everyone awake. I need everyone awake, clothed, clothed. Get up and get dressed, he says. Get up and get dressed. Dress yourself, clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with everything I've already given. You've got so much in you to give to others. You've got me, my fullness, my fullness inside of you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You equip us for the task ahead. You equip us. You clothe us. You give us everything that we need. Oh, Lord. We receive your light today, your instruction, and we obey. We obey. We obey. We step out. We step out when you tell us to step out. We speak when you say to speak. Oh, hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Do you receive his word tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.